BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Good afternoon, evening, or morning. This is your old Uncle Mosh with Raiders Fan Radio, and you are in for a treat. Sit back and get ready to listen to one of the most insanely knowledgeable people you will ever meet talk about our beloved Raiders. Another episode coming your way of Silver and Black Flashback by Rich Schmelter, the author of the Raiders Encyclopedia. As always, thanks to my Raider brother, Uncle Mosh, for that awesome intro. I hope to continue earning your praise. And never to be left out is the ruler of all Raider podcasts, my man Murph. Thanks so much, my friend, for the great opportunity you give me to be a part of Raiders Fan Radio. I just love it so. And I also love the chance to be a part of a network that helps out so many through the One Nation Foundation that benefits Raiders-related charities. And to all my silver and black brothers and sisters listening around the world, I am proud as hell to bring you stories of the people and moments that helped make our Raiders history so glorious. So all right, Raider Nation, let's get to sharing some time together with this episode of Silver and Black Flashback. Now, there is no doubt, either inside or outside of our Raider Nation family, that the football world can agree as a whole that the Raiders have had their fair share of wild and colorful personalities hit the field throughout the years. Hell, that is why that trait, coupled with so much success in team history, make our Raiders so damn popular. The list is very long when talking about the Raiders' wild, free-spirited players, and trust me, They will be covered on future episodes of Silver and Black Flashback if we haven't already. 
In fact, we are going to cover the first ever true wild man in Raiders history. And that honor goes to Don, the bruiser, Manukian. Just for the record, Manukian only played for the Raiders in the team's first season of 1960. But his story is so awesome that he deserves his rightful place in team lore. Donald J. Manukian was born on June 9, 1934, into a family of Armenian heritage in Merced, California, located in the San Joaquin Valley area south of Sacramento. It was there that Don, along with his father and two brothers, worked in the fields with temperatures sometimes reaching 110 degrees. It was during this backbreaking work in sweltering conditions that Don and his brothers decided that they wanted a better way to make a living. His father stressed education to his children and said that from the shoulders down, you can be worth a dollar an hour, but from the shoulders up, the possibilities are unlimited. And from his mother, the children received love and affection. Cannot think of a more well-balanced home life. It was then on to Reno High School in Nevada that a scholastic superstar was born over the course of Don's time as a Reno Husky. In football during his junior season of 1951, he was a star guard on one hell of a football team. On Thanksgiving Day, November 23, 1951, Manukian performed his ass off in the trenches and helped the previously undefeated Reno Huskies claim a co-state championship after tying the Las Vegas Wildcats 6-6. His dominant play earned him first-team All-State honors. And during his senior season of 1952, Don was elected co-captain along with Hank DeRico, and their leadership once again had Reno playing for the Nevada State Championship, this time against the Elko Indians. On November 22, 1952, Manukian helped Reno claim sole possession of a state championship by dominating Elko 28-7. And here's a quick piece of trivia, Raider Nation. In that state championship game, Manukian played against Chet Franklin, an all-state guard for Elko, and a future assistant coach for the Raiders on Tom Flores' staff that won two Super Bowls in the 1980s. Small world. Am I right, Raider Nation? Okay, enough side trivia here, folks. Back to the star of this episode. After another dominant season, Don was an easy choice for all-state honors, and his football future looked very bright, as did his choice in colleges when he decided to return to his native state of California and attend Stanford University, regarded as one of the world's most prestigious universities. If his scholastic football career was not brilliant enough, Don was able to add another milestone to his high school experience. During the 1952 track season, he set a then-Nevada high school record in the shot put by heaving the 12-pound iron ball 52 feet 10 and a quarter inches, breaking the old record of 49 feet 8 inches set in 1931. And oh yeah, that toss not only set a new record, but allowed Don the right to be called a state champion in that event. He truly possessed incredible leadership skills along with his athletic abilities. And due to those traits, he left high school being one of the greatest athletes in Nevada history, and his name still conjures up memories after all these years. Yes, Raider Nation, he was that good. Stanford was then the next stop for the powerfully built Nevada high school star following his 1953 graduation from Reno. 
Now, powerfully built is an understatement when discussing Don Manukian. He was a five-foot, seven-inch, 242-pound mass of muscle thanks to an intense weightlifting regimen at a time when such training was considered unorthodox for athletes not engaged in the sport of bodybuilding. He was strong as hell, able to lift 410 pounds from a prone position and 480 pounds from a full squat. The owner of a gym near Stanford claimed that Don was one of the strongest men he ever saw. In fact, on his 70th birthday, he bench-pressed 300 pounds. That's right, folks. On his 70th birthday, stud personified. Once at Stanford, Don ran into some misfortune injury-wise, but overcame them to achieve some very impressive honors. From 1954 through 1956, his playing time on the football field was limited to only a few games due to serious knee injuries. In 1954, knee problems limited his playing time to only 91 minutes. And in 1955, he could only take the field for 71 minutes. In 1956, he injured his knee on the first day of fall practice and was forced to miss the entire season. Three knee operations did nothing to hamper Don's drive to succeed. In fact, they made him more determined than ever to put together one hell of a season for himself in 1957. He focused on building up the muscles around his knees through hundreds of hours in the weight room. And then it was off to conquer the football world during the 1957 college season. That fighting determination, refusing to accept defeat, paid off for Don as he earned honorable mention on both the All-West Coast and All-American teams. His college football career was capped off by being named the Outstanding Lineman in the 1957 East-West Shrine Game in San Francisco. He also won the AAU Far West Heavyweight Wrestling Championship while at Stanford and earned a college degree as well. Also, while he was at Stanford, Don had a job patrolling the golf course on his Harley-Davidson motorcycle. Now that might not have been all that exciting of a job, so to make things far more interesting, he once rode his Harley into the Stanford Library wearing nothing but his jockstrap. And on a trip to Ohio State for a game, Don and a teammate went up on the roof of the team hotel and dropped garbage cans on a movie theater next door and the people inside thought bombs were being dropped on the building. He also enjoyed intentionally walking into parking meters, falling down, and start yelling out. People would run to help him until they found out it was just a joke. After such a successful season, it seemed that Don had a chance to being drafted by an NFL team. However, he was passed up in the draft, but managed to land a tryout with the San Francisco 49ers in 1958 before being released late in training camp. It was then that Manukian decided to pursue a career in the world of professional wrestling, portraying a villain named Don the Bruiser. It seemed that he enjoyed portraying the villain image and was having much success in that profession. But the allure of football called out to him once again. And that calling was helped by the formation of the American Football League in 1960. And guess who was lucky enough to land this awesome personality? Yes, my friends, our beloved Raiders. So on May 20th, 1960, Manukian signed a contract with the upstart Oakland Raiders. And a team legend was born. 
even if it was only for one season. He claimed he was signed by the Raiders in the back of a barbecue in Redwood City to a contract that gave him a six-pack of beer a day and all the peanuts he could eat. Now, these were the early days of the Raiders, when money did not flow all that easy. So, was he serious or just showing some of his awesome humor? However, I like to think that somehow the beer and peanuts story might have some truth to it, or at least I hope so, because it makes for one hell of a story in our team's colorful history. He quickly became the most popular member of the original Raiders due to his incredible personality and strong work ethic. His sense of humor also allowed Don to keep the team loose during that first season, usually trying to get his teammates into some type of humorous trouble. And his durable frame of solid, powerful muscle helped him become the best pass blocker in the league and one of the most effective guards on running plays, burying bigger defensive linemen into the ground. He was also regarded as the heart of that first offensive line in team history and was rewarded by being selected to the All-AFL second team. It was also felt by many in the professional football world that he was the best offensive lineman in the AFL that season. One exception to that praise happened in practice. Now at this time, the Raiders practiced on a naval base in 1960. And with jet planes taking off and landing, the noise could get, well, rather loud. So in the huddle, rookie quarterback Tom Flores was calling the plays but his soft-spoken, gentlemanly voice over the roar of the jet planes made things a wee bit hard to hear. Not being able to hear the plays, Don and his fellow guard Wayne Hawkins many times did not go the right way and often collided with Flores, probably giving him the hardest hits he ever took all season. And after practice sessions were over, Don would head off to the bar across the street for some beers. Manukian loved playing for the Raiders, and his teammates loved having him around. However, the new league did not pay like the pro wrestling circuit did. So after his successful stay with the Raiders, Don hung up his number 67 jersey for good in early July of 1961. Obviously, the Raiders were saddened by his departure and made one final attempt to lure him back to the team weeks after his departure. A dozen teammates, led by star center Jim Otto, reached out to Don by phone while he was in Portland, Oregon, pleading with him to return to the team but it was to no avail. Even though Don loved his Raider teammates, the allure of money offered to him by the pro wrestling circuit was far too great to pass up at a time when money was not all that freely lavished out in the early days of the AFL. And so, Don went off to build a very successful wrestling career from 1961 to 1965, being a star in main events, traveling all over the world, and winning several championships. While recovering from a shoulder injury during his wrestling career, Don received a graduate degree in business from the University of Hawaii. Shortly after that, he retired from wrestling, moved back to Reno, started a family, and went into business. His business ventures included working as a real estate broker, involvement in restaurants, and a partnership in a top-shelf vodka company. He also found the time to work as an announcer for football games in the Nevada area. Manukian's incredible charisma and sense of humor made him one of the funniest and entertaining people to be around, and that led to him being in much demand as a speaker for functions in the Reno area. This much-beloved personality died on September 23, 2014, at age 80 in Reno, even though he played only one season for the Raiders. 
His fun-loving approach allowed him to become the first true character on a team whose history is filled with such players. Wow, what an athlete, what a character, and what a life. Thank you, Mr. Manukian, for all the memories. Well, that concludes this episode of Silver and Black Flashback. And as always, respect goes out to all my Raider brothers and sisters listening around the world. We truly are a family forever bonded by our love for the greatest professional football team in history. And before closing out this show, like I always do, I want to send out my love and devotion to the greatest wife in the world, my wife Helen, who prefers to be called Molly. Now, she might go by two names, but I just prefer to call her the greatest. Happy anniversary, my dear wife. Throughout the years, we have shared many cheers and unfortunately, our fair share of tears together. But through it all, I loved you yesterday, I will love you today, and I will never stop loving you for all of our tomorrows together. And with that, I will close out our time together like I always do, with the words I embrace every day. So if my guys, Matt, Bruce, Bamba, and a new addition to the Flashback Faithful, Forrest, are ready, here we go. Until the next time we get back together once again, here it comes. Now say it with me, everyone. Love you, Raider Nation.